Hello and welcome to The Player's Voice, the RPA podcast. I am your host, Ethan Waller, and today I am joined by General Secretary Christian Day and Vice Chair of the Players Board, Harry Elrington. And we are going to discuss 2023 as an RPA and look forward to the things the RPA are going to be tackling uh, come 2024. But first off, Jeds, thank you for joining me. Um, Baz, uh, I'll go to you fresh, fresh from a trip to Georgia. How are you, mate? How's things? Pretty hefty travel? Uh, yeah, it was, it's been good, mate. Um, we left last week on Wednesday and I can say Georgia was a very lovely place. Um, we had police escorts to the game, amazing stadium, very friendly people. Uh, lots of good food so I'm feeling a little bit tired but refreshed got into some sulfur baths which were nice so uh, yeah had a good week mate thank you absolutely superb and Christian how are you mate how's things busy week for you well it's only Monday but Monday's been busy yeah but uh, everything's pretty full on at the moment it's long uh, long meets long hours but um, but doing some important stuff Absolutely, and it's sort of. I think we'll uh, we'll sort of dive straight into this this podcast um, and come to you, Christian. Really, sort of. We'll we'll look at the year in review and, and start right at the beginning. You were elected as general secretary in January, um, and obviously since then there has been a plethora of stuff that's that's happened, not just for the RPA, but in the game in general. We'll have a talk through, but but how have you found it since walking into the role, walking in, being elected in? Sorry, I'm absolutely put you down there. Um... Yeah, it was obviously a big honour. So, that, that first and foremost, to say that you know we changed the way we do things, we changed our constitution, gave the power to the players, so to speak. Um, so, it's obviously a big honour to to get that kind of um, that role, the first first ever elected general secretary. So that's amazing. Um, I will say, you know, it's, it's testing times for rugby. It really is, and and the players, you know, are the game. That I, I will always have that opinion. So. I think we're doing some really good stuff. We've, we're in the thick of it. We probably are. Uh, we're probably involved in stuff we've never been involved with as an association before. But, you know, as I'm learning, this is my first time in a job like this where you really are top of the organisation and it's really challenging. It really is. Uh, I said it's long hours um, and, you know, you don't want to you don't want to let people down. You want to look after your staff. And that's before you even get to, you know, all the challenges that rugby has at the moment. So it's um, it's exciting, um, but I'm not going to say it's easy. No, absolutely not. And, you know, where's the fun if it's, if it's easy, right? But I think from a, from a player's perspective, we can, and my, myself and Harry, who have been on the ball for quite some time, it was clear when you came in, the changes that have, that have happened, certainly... <laughs> visibly from our point of view, but obviously we know there's a lot that come, goes in behind the scenes as well. Harry, how have you found sort of the, the regime under Christian? Uh, oh, I get to say something nice about him. Um, yeah, it's been really good. Like I think Christian, you know, he, he stepped forward the RPA so much in such a short time. Um, and I feel like we're a lot more, we feel like more, a lot more of a team now, I'd say, whereas before it was sort of indiv like individualized clubs, <laughs> And we're all a bit separate. And now I'd say the last sort of nine to 12 months, I really do feel like we're all heading into a direction together rather than before potentially we were splintering off. Um, so, yeah, can't, I know he's worked for, for well, I can't swear, but really hard. So, um, yeah, I, I can definitely see a big growth in the last nine months. I don't think we can call it a regime though, Beef. I think that's probably. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> whatever whatever we need to call it. Um, no, but I think I, I'll agree with Harry as well. There, I think it's it's been clear sort of how how unified we are. Um, that you know, seeing the the team that we've got um, at the moment, and and not necessarily just that, but I think the players at the moment have realised um, probably because of the the one of the big focuses that we had when you came in, Christian, was sort of the feedback loops and making sure that information was was put down to players as best as possible, and their feedback was was relayed to us efficiently too and I think that's been a massive step forward from where we were and the players voices is being heard in a time that's hugely crucial for the game at the moment um, I think as well like we, we, you know we've really set out to go and get some stuff in, in the last 12 months like we I'm, I'm never shy of saying what I think we should be doing or what direction we should be headed in. And that doesn't mean that you always succeed, but we've certainly gone out and, and done some kind of landmark things, which I think, like I said, it's exciting. It just it is challenging. You know, if you're trying to break new ground, you, you are going to fail sometimes. So it's um, in that sense, I think we, we have done some really good stuff. I completely agree. And what a wonderful segue onto my next point. Uh, clearly there's, there's been a lot that we've, as you say, that we targeted. One of those things was um, representing the women's game uh, even more so than we do already. And in February, we, we did some pretty landmark things there in the maternity policy um, that was put in place. And of course, we launched our Premier 15s membership too. H- how important was that as a target for us as an RPA, Christian? Yeah, two, two very different things, really. So like... <sighs> widening our membership to me is just how I see representation of players. Like I don't believe that we should be like kind of elitist as an organization. We shouldn't just look after the, you know, the very pinnacle of the game. We should, if anything, we should be looking after the, you know, the players who really do need it. So in terms of representing the women's game, that was something I kind of pledged as I stood to be general secretary, but it was off the back of working with the Red Roses for probably a good two years before that, when I really had, and the England Sevens girls, to be fair, and and they're they're massively inspiring in the way they work, the way they go about their their daily lives, which are very very different to the majority of the elite elite men, and certainly then were very very different. So, you know, that was just how I believe the RPA should look. I think we should be looking after everyone we can, and we've seen that in the last eighteen months. Geez, um, and then. The maternity policy was the accumulation of like 18 months of work. So it, it always been known that we needed something bespoke and, and I think New Zealand had done something, but but nothing quite as tangible as what we did. Um, and to finally get that over the line and we did it, like you said about the feedback loop. So we did it with a kind of a four player committee who worked with myself um, and some RFU staff to build something that they thought was appropriate. I think that was, you know, that was what made it really pleasing. And then we finally got it across the line. And then to see two players already using that is uh, is amazing. So that's something, you know, we can be really proud of that we were involved with and we co-created with the RFU and with the players um, and was a massive step forward for the game globally. So, you know, off the back of that, practically every rugby players association but also other sporting associations have got in touch you know what have you done how did you do it what was the best bits and and you know we can really say we've led the way there no and that's that's in, in, incredible to see and also uh while we're still on the subject of of the women's game there was also the red roses contracts in june um that we obviously assisted in 
in finalising those, which has been uh, another string to the bow. And and it's like you say, the the women's game at the moment, I mean, for for quite some time, they've been a hugely inspiring team, the Red Roses. And to see us spread into the 15s game um, is absolutely brilliant. Um, But moving on, you know, there's also, whilst there's been positives like that, there's also, as you've alluded to, Christian, there's been quite some challenges too. Um, Clearly everything that happened at the start of last season with with Wasp Worcester and then, you know, later down the line, London Irish, um, clearly some some very, very difficult periods for the game. Um, But, you know, we, how, just how much did we help with those, those teams and those scenarios? How involved were we in that? I mean, obviously I know that. Yeah. So it's like, you know, for everything that we're proud of and, and look, I'll, I'll say I'm, I'm proud of what we did to help the players at those teams. But I mean, this really was quite a, you know, a dark period for rugby in this country. It was dark for the RPA as well. And, and, and obviously the worst with those players who were actually affected. So as much as I'm proud of the help, it's one of those situations you never want to be involved with. Um, so we actually did a bit of tallying up the other day. So I think it's 263 players directly helped. Three of those clubs, obviously, we represented. Two, we didn't. But we just thought we had to step up and step in. So the Worcester Warriors women um, and and the, the Jersey Reds. And that work still goes on now. So, you know, it feels like an age ago when, you know, Worcester were, were displaying some pretty alarming signs. Um, and that work still goes on now, assisting those players with with different kind of legal claims and awards where we can, you know, hopefully get those players back some money. We had some amazing news just last week about the London Irish players and them receiving their uh, what's called the protective award. Um, and that's the work of, of RPA staff backing those players. And, and, it, and it ranged from everything, you know, some players... Know, lost their contracts and the next day they had clubs after them and they they moved on and it's not it's not pleasant but but they moved on whereas other players really did need more hands-on assistance hands-on support um and that's where our staff and, and there's too many to mention really all kind of mucked in and tried to do the best we could with with a pretty terrible situation and Baz, clearly you know a former london irish player just how important is it that the player's voice is part of everything um, with with the game going forward and developing to ensure situations like this never happen again? I think it's vital. Um, obviously, being there for that Irish for seven years, pulled me through the game when coming out of uni, gave me my first contract. <laughs> It's probably the same as you as Worcester when you sort of see them, they should be there at the start of the year and they're not there. Um, so it is really sad still. I have a lot of great memories there and a lot of great friends who have luckily enough picked up contracts, but some haven't and that's just the reality. So it's absolutely crucial that we are front and centre in any decision that's made. Um, and we, yeah, we need to be in every conversation from how however small that is to however big it is, we have to be in every conversation because um, we are the product and we, we deserve to be there. Um, so, yeah. But I think just backing up on that point about the amount of support that's been given, it's still now, obviously there's a few Irish boys that have come okay. to Gloucester and they're obviously still being helped and um, by the PDMs. Um, so it's it's countless hours of hard work that a lot of people don't see. Um, 
and everyone's really, really stepped up. So I, I can be proud of the team that we've got and being part of that team. If that's small, if what, if if anything, it's um, really shown how how strong we have acted over the last sort of twelve months. Um, so yeah, yeah, and it's 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 one of those things as well that I think that moving forward in an ideal world. Um, we, we've spoken about it at, at length. In, in an ideal world, we hit a point where everyone is a member of the RPA. Um, you know, me- membership is free, membership is covered, so that we can get truly get the whole voice of, of the Premiership. We have a, a, a obviously a, a huge portion of the Premiership currently in now, but I think to to have a, a unified stance moving forward and and ensure that you know we we are best represented in the the entire Prem is going to be massive as we move into what is going to be sort of, you know, the new rugby with those conversations, obviously about Prem 1, Prem 2, all these things that are developing. Um, and it's crucial that the players are a part of that because without them, there is no game. Um, but we'll, we'll, we'll move on slightly. Um, clearly as, as part of the RPA as well, we have some, some sub committees um, there's our diversity and inclusion board. And of course there's our, our welfare advisory board each of which has uh, some some RPA members that sit on it from from different walks of life to ensure that we've got a good spread of opinion um, and, and input. So there's the, we've had some big achievements with that. Um, we'll start off with the Diversity Inclusion Board. They they launched a new action plan um, in April that you know is is for the elite game of rugby um, in England. To ensure that that, that every, it's as inclusive as, as possible, the work that board is huge. Um, they 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 meet regularly and ensure that England continues to be one of the most inclusive places to play rugby in the world, which is what we're looking for, really, Christian, isn't it? Yeah, I think I think the important thing you mentioned there is that kind of diversity of thought. Um, I think most people would say rugby has a very traditional makeup, a very kind of old-fashioned kind of look to it. And I actually think that's being challenged now. Um, and that's where it's important, like you say, that we we, we have it challenged by the players themselves. So the, the DNI board has been in operation, I think, for over 12 months, um, has been co-creational in terms of the kind of the education that's gone out to players. Um, and, and, it, and it is literally just listening to different voices within the game and, and See, seeing exactly what direction those different voices think the game should be going in. It's, it's, in my opinion, it's a really powerful thing and, and gives power to those players. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, there's also the the Welfare Advisory Board, which has been involved on a number of things. Obviously, our brain health study, and, and more recently, there's a lot of conversation around the the instrumented mouthguards and and how we've how that's been rolled out and and the information that's that's come with that. Um, Baz, how, how have you found the instrumented mouthguards as uh, both a player and as a player representative? I've actually really enjoyed them. Um, and I'd say on the whole, that, that Gloucester has been good. I'd say there's still a little bit of work to be done with regards to making sure that they're comfortable. Because I'd say that was probably the biggest pushback with along some players would be making sure they're nice and comfortable. But um, for me personally, they've been really good, and it's been interesting to actually because I'm a bit of a nose. So you all know I'm a bit of a nose. Been um, looking at the actual data from from games with the sports scientists, so I've actually like really enjoyed and seen like different peaks and 
um, during games and relating that to hit. So it's actually been really interesting for me on a personal point of view. Um, but as yeah, I think they're really, really going to be really important going forward. And um, fingers crossed, we can get the Bayern across the board and push that forward because obviously brain health is so important. And I think it's a really positive step. It has dawned on me that having said that, there might be a number of people listening to this who are unaware of what the instrumented mouthguard uh, trial currently is. So what it is, is it's a uh, gum shield with some tech in it uh, that measures head acceleration events so that uh, our medics on the side or our sports scientists have the data of just how many times we're exposed to these events. Uh, obviously, that in turn can, can help with uh, some some concussion diagnosis. It can sort of bring people off a HIA. It's something that is really positive and ultimately players are being asked to wear it in training and in games so that we can see where the greatest amount of exposure is. Um, and, you know, hopefully over time we can reduce that exposure and, and make the game a bit safer for players. Um, but Christian, I was interrupting you, as you were saying. Yes. It's the key thing is, it's like it's two different things, isn't it? There's concussion and then there's exposure. It's two two different kind of measurements. So concussion are those kind of big blows that cause brain injuries. Um, I actually think they, they've been pretty, you know, rugby has, has been on the front foot with concussion for a long time now. We've got HIA, we've got other sports looking at us. Can we learn? And exposure is something different. Exposure is that kind of low-level, um, repetitive, hitting your head, um, and it and it brings a different danger. So that's why these these gum shields are incredibly important in terms of determining that over a twelve month period and then over your career. Um, and and they are when when you think about trying to get take up on something, there there can't be so, something much more intimate than than a you know a gum shield that you have to put in your mouth. And if a player has been used to a certain type of gum shield or, or a favorite gum shield for a long time, you know, getting the player to change isn't easy. So. It's got to be some praise to the players who have have used the uptake straight away, um, and I can say that from from our lobbying that, that next year's gum shields are going to be made by a pretty well known manufacturer to the players, which we hope is going to produce a better fit and an even greater take up again. So, really crucial to the future of the game, and, and you've got to give some um, some wraps to kind of the RFU PRL for funding the initial study, and then and then World Rugby getting involved as well now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I've said to numerous players quite a few times that, you know, it's it's one of the easiest things that we can do to help improve the game going forward, to be actively involved in this study in an area that's so important at the moment. And the only thing you've got to do to partake is chuck a gum shield in. Um, yeah, for me, it's a, it's a no-brainer. It's the best way that we can try and make the game safer um, with very little real input. Just chuck your gum shield in and carry on about your day. But so 2023, a lovely wrap on that. A lot of the hard work that we've been doing and, and you know, some of it has obviously been very front and center and in, in the news, other stuff's been pretty behind the scenes. But moving on to 2024, um, we've obviously set out some goals in, in our preseason visits to clubs this year. Um, one of the biggest things is becoming part of the professional game partnership. Um, Christian, I don't know if you want to just sort of explain what that, that partnership is and, and why we want to be signatories on that. Yeah, so look, this was one of the big kind of headline things that, that I spoke about being elected. We know that the, the previous game agreement is coming to an end. Um, it was a long-term agreement, eight years, um, and a new one's going to come into effect in July 24. And 
it was a big ambition of mine that the players have to be signatories to that agreement. We've ne- we've never been signatories to a game agreement previously. We've we've you know been involved or asked, but we've never been truly consulted and and from the ground up and and eventually becoming signatories. So that's you know we're a long way down the path with that now. A lot of work has already gone in. You know, essentially, with the aim for me of the RPA is that we want to make England the best place to play rugby in the world. Um, and I think we have to admit that in recent times it's not been, and we we have to put plans in place how it can be in the future. Um, there's a number of environments around the world who are doing things in different ways, different levels of investment to make that happen. And and you know, it's it's my job to try and make the people who go in the game see that that by investing in the game and the the whole system for all the players we can see really you know fundamental change and improvement for everybody and when we as we go into this 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 partnership and really it's it for most of the things that we've sort of been lobbying for how important has it been to have these relationships with other player unions not necessarily just in rugby but we've obviously had a relationship with uh, unions in other sports as well we've, we've spoken to the, the 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 pfa and we've spoken to the pca as well um and these relationships have really been invaluable to us haven't they yeah so look we're you know we're, we're a member of the international player federation which is a global organization and, and brings players associations from all around the world together so that's for me, I'm a big I'm a big believer that you should consult with people, you should learn from people, and then you should try and bring it together to make it your own. So, you know, I've had I've had uh, engagement with, for instance, the New Zealand Rugby Players Association down under, who've got an incredibly progressive CBA in their environment. I do lots of work with you know European associations, like the Irish Players Association, for instance, is very uh, is very good. Um, but then we've also got outside rugby. So, you know, I've had meets with the NRL, with um, with the Australian Cricketers Association, with the NFLPA, with the PFA, always trying to learn, always trying to take little tidbits of what they do and bring it into our sports. And can we make it fit for rugby? Because, you know, there's no one model that's perfect. There's no one solution to every problem that rugby has. So can we can we find lots of little solutions along the way to improve the, the whole system? And I'll, and I'll keep coming back to that kind of reference. It's the system that we need to improve. And for me, you know, my job is to support, promote and protect players, nothing else. I can't fix every problem in rugby, but if I can support players a little bit better or promote them better or, you know, just, just try and be there when things go wrong with a plan that's that's what the role of the rpa is and i think that's been pretty prevalent um there's an air of sort of improvement from top to bottom throughout the rpa and and that was highlighted to me not uh, pretty highly in the may players board last year uh where we actually sort of we looked outside of rugby um for that learning and we and sport in general we had uh cal roper come down from the uh from the trade union congress and come into our players board and, and he really shed a light on sort of how other trade unions operate. Um, and it was clear to us that, you know, there were some things that we could do to, to really improve both things from a rep point of view and, and also a feedback point of view from, from our members, um, which has been massive. Um, and myself and Christian were lucky enough to go to the, uh, the Congress event in Liverpool earlier in the year where we met up with, uh, Carl, the PFA and a newly formed sort of boxing, uh, boxers association, um, and got to sort of share ideas and have conversations there. And, and hopefully that'll be a group that, that continues going forward. 
um, that can, you know, again, help us go from strength to strength as a, as a trade union. Thank you very much for your time. And also thank you to you for listening. As always, if there's any topics that you want to hear about or anyone you particularly want on the podcast, feel free to tweet us using hashtag the player's voice. Uh, big thank you again to our guests, Christian and Harry. I've been Ethan Waller. Thank you very much. All the best. <laughs>